0: first week of that, and I think that's such a fantastic topic for us to begin our year on for this year, the blessing. Such an honour to be speaking this morning. I'm I'm really excited about this word that God has put on my heart for us this morning, and I'm believing that for many of us here today, that we're going to get a fresh dose of faith for our year this year. So I'm just going to start in prayer. So I want you to close your eyes and just pray with me. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just thank you that this year is going to be a fantastic year, Lord. Lord, I just thank you, God, that right now our hearts are open to receive from you, Lord God. Lord, I just thank you that people here this morning, we are going to be ready to take on this year. And that we are going to be ready to have faith for our needs to come to pass this year, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, that you're speaking to us right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well, I miss Hustle Ward and Nick, but I'm sure they're having a fantastic holiday. You know, I encourage you, if you think of it, to send them a quick text and tell them how much you appreciate and love them. I'm sure that they'll really love hearing from us. at the start of this year to get them excited to bless us again this year. They're such amazing pastors. So this morning, the question I have for us is what are we declaring over our life for 2018? You know, I haven't finished my resolutions for this year yet. I thought maybe my first one would be to bring my Bible each week this year. You know, I, I was carrying it this morning. I was like, oh, this is good for my arm muscles. But also, it just feels so good to be reading out of a paper Bible. Amazing. But I think as we're thinking about our declarations, maybe you, oh, you've already thought, okay, this is what my 2018 is going to look like. This is what I'm believing for. Maybe you can think again about what, how does God fit into that what is God declaring over my life for 2018? And you know, this, the blessing. God has declared a blessing. He's already blessed us with life, with a great church community, with amazing pastors. But you know, he's got blessings for us that are personalized, that are there ready for us to access and I, I've sort of given it a title, in case you're taking notes, It's called, um, my message this morning is called, The Journey to the Blessing. And it is a journey. It is a journey. One of the things that God has shown me is that he always has the blessing there, ready for us to access. But often what happens is that we are actually getting in the way. We're trying to make it happen on our own. You know... I believe that many of you here have needs. I have needs for this year that I need to see see happen. But what I want to challenge you this morning is are you getting in the the way of seeing that come? Um, Believing in the blessing, it requires faith. And Pastor Phil, in his book on faith, which is a fantastic book, I recommend that you read it. If you don't have a copy and you want one, come see me and I'll give you a copy of my one. It says, he describes faith as an atmosphere that we carry within us, in our mind and our emotions. It's positive, confident, bold, relaxed, believing, and free. I love that. I want to write that up on my wall. That's amazing. Philippians 4:19 is an incredible verse, and I'm sure many of you have heard this many times before, "And my God will supply every need of yours according to His riches in Christ Jesus. Every need." I actually find this scripture a little bit frustrating, because I think, okay, I have all of these needs. That, but why are they needs? Why do I still have this need? Like God's going to supply every single need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. I have three points for you this morning. My first point, go to God. This might seem super simple. It's like straightforward Christianity 101. Go to God. In all things, we go to God. And, you know, when we have a need, this is the prime time to go to God. Not, you know, after it's getting, it's, I, I find that, you know, if my situation is getting worse and worse and worse and worse, then I start to go to God. I forget that right at the beginning, I, I didn't have to keep on going through that journey to eventually go to God, but I can go to God straight away. I love this verse, James 1 verse 17, says every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. He does not change like shifting shadows. God has all these blessings for us and that makes me excited. He is a blessing ready for you for 2018 and if you've seen God's blessing in your life, and I hope that you have seen God's blessing in your life, and if you haven't, then maybe you need to think about what are the incredible things that have happened in your life and accredit them to God. Because if you've seen them, then you know He does not change. He, you can see those things happen again. Now... Um, the journey often starts, I think, in this day and age. We love technology. I love technology. I'm all about technology, finding the latest things that can simplify my life. It's great. And um, I think that if I have a problem, or, you know, classic, this is a Ruthie thing, I think, probably maybe some of you do that as well, but when you have a symptom and Something's not working right in your body and you're feeling a bit unwell or something's going on straight away to Google. Okay, what does this mean? What's this interesting uh, looking red thing on my arm? (laughs) We start going to all of these things. We, we, we do a little panic of, oh, no, this is not working how I thought it would. I'm struggling in uni. I'm behind. And so we, we start trying really hard to find all these different avenues of how we can solve this problem, how we can meet this need on our own. But God, but God, he's waiting for us to accept to relax, as Pastor Phil's definition of faith says, to have confidence that he has that answer to our need. Pastor Andrew Kabbalah, who's an incredible healing evangelist that goes around the world, he says, the miracle comes when we go to God. And we want control over everything That goes on in our lives. I love having control over all the things that I'm doing. But sometimes we have to accept that we can't actually control. And it's better if we don't control it. Because we're not as stressed if things don't work out properly. Like wedding planning, classic example of this. I feel like if someone else planned my wedding and I didn't even have a thought of how it would go then I would have had an incredible time still, but I wouldn't have had all of the stress, all the brides say, yep, I know that stress, right? The stress of planning a wedding, it's crazy. Um, But, you know, if you just accept, I can't control all of the little things, and you get to your special day, and it all works out amazingly, even though you didn't control every single little tiny thing that happened. Um, Yeah. Yeah. A uh, one faith journey that Joe and I had recently is we were, um, so Joe finished up on his contract at the end of last year, you might have already heard this and um, basically what we did, we knew it was coming to an end and we started looking, we had this list of schools that we really wanted Joe to work at and um, I don't know how to say that, we wanted to work at, I don't know. Yeah, anyway, Joe really wanted to work at these schools, right? And so we started applying at all these jobs and we're doing, um, you know, he was going above and beyond to try and get all of these incredible jobs around Sydney. And we eventually came to this spot where it was like, there's no more schools left. (laughs) They've all, they've given out their jobs and not really sure what to do now. Um it's a very tough thing getting a teaching job once you miss the sort of the window of when everyone's doing their interviews. It's very hard to find a school that's gonna do any more interviews after that. And so we got to this place where it was like, okay, we sort of we give up. What are we gonna do? There's nothing else we can do in our strength. This is the, the time for applying for teaching jobs it's over and um, then it was amazing it was like probably two weeks where there was no we, no news of any jobs coming up we hadn't we had no idea we hadn't heard from any more schools I was it and all of a sudden Joe was just Randomly Googling some schools and this school that we hadn't hadn't even been on our radar. We hadn't even thought of this as a possibility. It came up and it happens that they had an incredible job going. Um, Joe went for it and like pretty much straight away got it. He walked into the principal's office, he sat him down and said, uh, Yeah, so you got the job. Like, <laughs> here's the contract. Do you want to sign it straight away? Like, this is their first meeting, amazing. And this job is actually better than any of the other jobs that we'd seen going. It's so close to our home. All these other incredible private schools were so far away. This one's like 10 minutes away from us. Um, it's, he's going to be doing something that he loved. Less marking. Amen. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think that that was such a good reminder for us. That when we're trying really hard to make the solution happened that we want. We want, this is the answer that we want it to look exactly like this. But when you let go, and yet in that, in those two weeks, we really cried out to God. We We had no hope. It was okay. God, this is, you have to make something happen. Otherwise, we're going to be living on the street next year, because I'm still studying. So... <laughs> And God came through. and how the, Oh, this is an incredible story in the Bible um, about the centurion, the faith of the centurion. In Matthew 8, verse 5 to 10, I don't know if you want to turn there with me. It's weird not hearing any pages when you turn to the Bible. <laughs> now, I love this story because this centurion knew that God had to be his first point of call. So when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralysed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say one word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I love that. This centurion, he knew. One, this Jesus guy, he's a miracle god. I've seen him give other people blessings, so this is my time. I'm going to get my blessing from God. And then two, he knew the power of Jesus' words. He knew the power of his words. You now, um, the story of Moses is a story that uh, I, I've found my points in this morning and I'd love for you to turn to Exodus 3. This is where it all begins. Moses, an an incredible faith story, one that is so encouraging for us today. In 3 verse 2, Exodus 3 verse 2, it says, An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush, He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight. Why the bush is not burned? When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out to the bush. Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. I'm going to pause there. You know, um, it's. So Moses, his need in this story was that... So he'd, been, he'd grown up in Egypt under this incredibly evil pharaoh. And he actually... His mum had given him away when he was a baby. So it was sort of an accident that he'd ended up in the hands of the palace. And his people were the people that were enslaved in the time in Egypt the Hebrews. And so Moses' need was that he wanted to see his people treated right. They were treated horribly. And, and earlier, um, Moses actually, he, defend, he defends one of the Hebrew people. And that's when it, it's discovered that, wow, this guy that's grown up in the palace is actually supposed to be a slave. And so he flees the city. But his need is that he wants to see his people justice and fair treatment. And I love it because the next chapter, what we just read, it actually, Moses was on the mountain of God. It's called Horeb. Horeb, what an interesting name. I love the names in the Bible. They're great. But that's where Moses was when he saw this burning bush. He was on the mountain of of God, go to God, number one, go to God, um, so back in uh, 3 verse 5, then he said, do not come near, take off your sandals off your feet, for the place in which you are standing is holy ground, and he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. You know, I mean, I've never spoken to a burning bush. (laughs) I imagine that I would be filled with fear as well, seeing this tree burn up, but not actually burn. And it made me think as I was rereading this story, that how many times does God appear to us and maybe we're afraid to hear what he has to say. Maybe we ignore it. And, you know, it's like looking a bit too worrying to step forward and to hear actually what God has to say, the solution to our blessing, which you'll see later in Moses' story that the blessing is fulfilled. But how many times, you know, is God appearing to us in a way that we... Unexpecting. It's not the controlled way that we expected to see God speak to us and give us that solution. Um, uh, 3 verse 11 Moses says to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children out of Egypt? This is the moment he realises God has actually got the solution. This is actually my access to the blessing that I require. But who am I? I am some lowly person who cannot possibly be able to do this. And, you know, there have been times that I've been afraid to do what God has asked as well. You know, Moses, throughout this story, he keeps on doubting God. He continually doubts God. And, and it's a bit of a, this is the faith journey. Because he, every time he asks, he says, um, 4 verse 10, it says, But Moses said to the Lord, O oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant. But I am slow of speech and of tongue. Eventually, Moses, he stops asking these questions and and God asks him to do these crazy things and go and speak to the Pharaoh and condemn the whole of Egypt and he eventually stops asking God. And I, I would love for myself to get to that place where I can do that. Now, my second point this morning is declare the blessing Weird not having a screen up there now. (laughs) Declare the blessing. Words have creative power. You know, I heard about this study when I was starting my psychology degree, and it's an incredible study um, that shows you the power of words. And this guy, Dr. Masuru Emoto, you might have heard of his study. It's definitely had lots of comments over the years. Um, and lots of people have redone this study as well with different objects and different things. And it's very interesting. But basically, he did a study on, on water. And he wanted to see if he can f- photograph water crystals and see if he can manipulate what they formed and how they formed and what they looked like. Um... So let's get this uh, PowerPoint up. I want to show you. This is really cool, it'll blow your mind. We're all good with that, Jesse. It's coming, yeah? It's really awesome, just like. (laughs) Has anyone actually heard of this study before? Yeah, I, I think a few people have heard about it. Not coming. Hey, Okay, so, so he one of his trials. He spoke to the water, right? And he thought, "Oh, look, maybe words have some sort of impact on how the water is formed." And this is a picture of a water crystal that was told, "You disgust me." And it was over two months that he was saying this to this water, "You disgust me. You disgust me." Let's go to the next one. You fool. This this order was told. You fool! You're such a fool. Next one, evil. That looks pretty evil, doesn't it? It's pretty evil. Just next one, truth. What a difference, right? Amazing. Next one, thank you. Isn't that beautiful? And my favorite one, you're an angel. How beautiful is that? Yeah, no, it's so cool. I, um, thanks, Jesse. I was looking, there's all these YouTube videos and uh, regular people, they redo this study with all sorts of things, apples, rice, um, flour. <laughs> like, it's like all, the, all these different things and they all find that words actually do have power and some even say, so, go so far as to say your thoughts we're able to change and manipulate these, these different things. And, um, you know, I... 60% of our human adult body is made up of water. So, how much do you think that our declaration and words have an impact on us? 60% of us reacts to, to words like those water crystals. And Jesus is a fantastic example of the power of words. In this story, Mark 4, he speaks to the storm. It says, on that day, in verse 35, on that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across the other side. This is the disciples he's talking to. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But Jesus was already in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him, and they said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? (laughs) Imagine saying that to Jesus. And he awoke, and he rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, peace, be still, And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Peace, be still. The power of words. God created the world with only a few words. What storms do we need to be speaking to this year? What declarations are you going to make for 2018 over your world? I love that song that we were singing um, before Ah, uh, how's it going? again? What, what's the, the last song? Oh, I'm no longer a slave, but I'm a child of God. That is a declaration that maybe you need to declare over your 2018. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm not going to be someone who is filled with fear this year, but I'm going to be someone who believes and who knows without a shadow of a doubt that I am a child of God. Brian Houston says, we are children of the King and can claim our Father's promises and should. I love that. How good is that? We are children of the King and can claim our Father's promises and should. He's our Father. He's got the promises for us. Um, Pastor Phil also says, the power of God is restricted in an atmosphere of doubt before I have an exam as I said I'm still at uni feel very old to still be at uni Um, but when I am preparing for an exam it's so easy to be filled with doubt and I tell myself I'm gonna fail this is terrible but my friend and I we have this little routine that on the day of the exam we switch our minds and we say no we're not gonna think like that anymore today we're going to pass this exam, we're going to do well, and we're not going to be uh, shocked when we get the paper. And it makes such a difference, a huge difference to me. Um, In Moses, Moses' story, now Moses and Aaron, they face so many trials, but as I mentioned before, they begin to declare the blessing that God has for them. Exodus 5 verse 1, Says afterward, Moses and Aaron went and said to Pharaoh, "Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel: Let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness." That's just one of the requests. What is your "Thus says the Lord" for two thousand and eighteen? "Thus says the Lord," that I will be healed. "Thus says the Lord," that. I will have financial blessing. Thus says the Lord, we will be able to buy a house this year. What is our thus says the Lord? Moses and Aaron, they knew thus says the Lord was the way to declare their blessing. My third and final point is that thankfulness demands the blessing. Psalm 100 verse 4, says enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise give thanks to him and bless his name i love this you know every day why don't we start our day with thanks thankfulness you know sometimes when you're in the middle of something and you can't see the way out of this situation it can be really difficult to come to law with thanks you're thinking everything is a disaster. Nothing's going to come through how I need it to come through. I'm not, I can't see any blessing. Find things to be thankful for in those times. It's amazing. A spirit of thankfulness can change so much. That's why each, each morning on a Sunday morning, we start our service with prayer and with thanks. We thank God for all that he's done. And those um, prayer requests, it's amazing hearing of people who we've prayed for their prayer requests and then they're met and their needs are met and God blesses them in, that, in those ways that they need. Mike Connell, who uh, is another incredible theologian, he says, we get too preoccupied with the problem to see the escape. We need to refocus our attention onto the things that are working and that have come through to us. We get too preoccupied with the problem. If you change into a spirit of faith and an attitude of faith, it's amazing what you'll see. Sometimes the negativity, the fear, the doubt, it can cloud our, our eyes and we can't see the solution and the blessing that's been staring us right in the face psalm 67 verse 5 says let the people praise you O god let all the peoples praise you the earth has yielded its increase god our god shall bless us god shall bless us let all the ends of the earth fear him God, our God, shall bless us. Maybe that's a declaration for you this morning. Um, Moses, one of the last things he does right before Pharaoh, um, before Pharaoh lets the people go, is that he tells all his people, his Hebrew people, to prepare a Passover in thanks to God. And almost immediately after that, is when the people are released. And that was Moses' need fulfilled. Now, I'm going to give an uh, opportunity. I'd love for you to come and receive prayer this morning. Uh, I don't need to pray for you, but I I feel that there are people here who there have been things that you have been believing for, maybe for many, many years. And you haven't seen those needs met yet. Well, I'm believing that this year, 2018, is your year. You're going to see those needs met. You know, the first week of the year, it's so fantastic. We can have a clean slate. And maybe your clean slate needs to be that you're going to have fresh faith to see those things come to pass. And maybe you've got things recently, maybe you've got an illness and you're believing God to see healing this year. I believe that God, He has those keys to that blessing. My God shall supply all my needs, all your needs. What is your thus says the Lord this year? Why don't we close our eyes?